and welcome to this week's episode of The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and in today's episode, we'll be hearing from the beautiful Sarah Alexandra, a boundaries and empowerments coach, all about how we can put ourselves first and prioritize our needs. If you enjoy today's episode, I would absolutely love it if you could subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends, and if you haven't already, come join our community on Instagram at underscore the wow project underscore. And if you really enjoy what Sarah has to say, I'll be sharing details on her exclusive new project she's launching at the end of the episode. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the WOW podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to get to know you and more about what you do with helping people empower themselves and set boundaries. But before we begin, I would love to know a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I moved to Melbourne, Australia um, about nine years ago. And when I moved here, I only knew one person at the time, which was my partner. So beginning my life in the U.S. and moving to a new country, it was totally an exercise in resilience. And what I learned through that exercise was how important really setting ourselves up with the positive support people in our life and the community that we want to be involved in like how crucial that is yeah, for survival. That's a massive, a massive leap. I mean, I moved from Perth to Melbourne and I thought that was big, but I could imagine across countries. So had you lived in the US your whole life before that? Was this your big first move, you know, to a new country? Well, actually I went to university and I graduated from my BA in 2009. And then I actually, after my BA, I moved to Japan. So I lived there for a year and then I met somebody who was Australian and then moved to Australia. So I had had my first, um, my second actually living abroad experience, but um, this was actually different when I moved to Australia and I wasn't expecting it to hit me as hard as it did because I ended up getting really depressed and really um, like I wasn't leaving my house in the beginning of. Wow. Did you have like, uh, did you have a lot of homesickness, that yearning to be back surrounded by your community in the US and your family and loved ones? Yeah, I actually did have a lot of that and, and still do. It never really goes away. So absolutely. Yeah. As a result, I decided to just start creating a life that I could live in both countries at once. So usually I leave Australia during the winter and travel to America and live there during the summer. And then when it starts to become fall there, I come back. (laughs) That's the best of both worlds. Oh my goodness. You must be finding it quite hard and difficult right now, considering the travel bans with the pandemic that we're living in. How are you coping with that? It's, it's going okay. It's really trying to just see my family on Zoom, especially because I have a little nephew who's 17 months oh, old beautiful. and so cute. So I really want to cuddle him. But um, I know that um, it's okay for now because I started to switch my focus to 
how could I help other people during this time instead of what am I yearning for? You've been busy. <laughs> you have been busy during this yeah. time. I'm excited to share with our listeners what you've been up to and all the interesting things that they can jump on board with with your programs. But um I guess it's the first pandemic that we've all kind of been tossed into. Is there something that you've learned about yourself during this time? Yeah, definitely. So one of the things that I realized is that anything is possible, right? No matter how difficult it gets, anything is possible. And hope and the belief in yourself and the trust in yourself to create something new it is still possible even in the midst of the world changing. And absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that I've realized is um, how incredibly resilient I can be when, when it <laughs> the push comes to shove. That's so good. It takes, I mean, I feel like it does take a lot to realize sometimes when you're going about your day, it takes a lot to reflect and look back and be like, Hey, look what I'm doing. I'm being this resilient woman that's going out there and achieving all my goals. I think we don't give ourselves a pat on the back, a pat, yeah, pat on our back enough being like, look what we're doing. Look what we're achieving. We're doing such a great job. Exactly. Because especially in the self-development world and in the empowerment world, I remember when I was practicing five rhythms on the dance floor. And I used to look at the women that like were able to have a better connection to their body than I thought I had and be able to move their hips in a certain way. And I'd be like, I'm going to be amazing when I am like that, you know, I'm going to be feeling good about my body when I'm like that. But what I realized is that it's okay to like, it's okay to want like your future self, but it's actually necessary. The part of the journey of loving your future self is actually accepting where you are and the fact that you already have more than you give yourself credit for usually. Absolutely. So I'm curious to know now, Sarah, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you always imagine yourself being, you know, a boundaries and empowerment coach or (laughs) did you have something in mind? Well, when I was little, um, about five, I think, um, I actually feel like one of my earliest memories is wanting to be a nurse. And I imagine that's probably because my dad was a medic um, in his younger days. And as a nurse, I wanted to help people. So in a way, I still do that, but it's just, it just looks different. <laughs> so what made you, what brought you on your journey to become a boundaries and empowerment coach? Well, I was already helping people one-on-one in in the form of having cuddling sessions from my house. So when I went to America in 2017 in one of those summer visits, I ended up feeling really hopeless that I couldn't do anything to help my country with their problems of gun violence. So what I ended up figuring out is that cuddling could actually be my personal response to just that, like the gun violence was happening and I was super frustrated and thinking, why is this happening again? Why is this happening again? And then I was like, actually, the reason why is because 
people aren't connecting to themselves anymore. People aren't connecting to the other person anymore. People aren't connecting to their stranger anymore, their neighbor. Mm. I can do that. I can start meeting people where they're at and have these intimate connections with people, learn their inner stories, and then try to dissolve the hate that way. It's so fascinating. I mean, it's a job that I'd never heard before you mentioned it to me, but it makes sense. I mean, I think we forget how important a hug is. And I think especially during this time, you know, when we were in lockdown, I know you're in Melbourne now, so you're back in lockdown, but physical touch is so important to us as humans. And it's something that when you go without a hug, I think especially when Australia as a whole was in that lockdown together, we really, you realize how much you miss it and how much you yearn to have just that physical connection, whether it be with your friend or your family members or whoever that might be. It's just a hug is something that brings so much joy. So I could understand why there is a business within it. Yeah, of course. And it's so important. You know why? Because when we were babies and when we were um, even in the womb, we were surrounded by that pressure and that touch. That's why Mm. hugs feel so good because they remind us of that original nurturing and that place that we've um, moved so far away from, but we still need that physical comfort and that physical emotional support. And humans we forget to give that to ourselves sometimes. So mm. we receive a hug or comforting words from another person that reminds us how important it really is. So it's just a little reminder. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. So how did going from, you know, hugging people and developing these deeper relationships end up in working in the boundaries area and empowering women? That's a great question. So when I was in the beginning of my work as a cuddlist, I got myself into a couple of situations where I was not able to really handle it very well when I was feeling uncomfortable with, um, for example, my earlier clients, how they would conduct their behavior in a session. So Mm -hmm. I do remember one session where um, even though we were both fully clothed, a man was effectively grinding on top of me. And I had to ask him and tell him, grinding is not part of a cuddling service. You are not welcome to do that here. And what an uncomfortable position for you to be in. I, I think as females, we've all been in a position where a man has taken advantage of us and it is uncomfortable. You've It's so hard to say, like, excuse me, but no, because you want to be polite. I think that's what, I mean, we're told to be in society as, as women is to be the polite little girls that we're um, told to be when we're young. But in those situations, yeah, you've got to set boundaries. Yes, yes. And I realised how uncomfortable it was for myself and for many other people. So I noticed that it was not only my duty, but my responsibility to help women with being able to speak out when they were not receiving the treatment that they want to receive, when they're not feeling like they're being respected, and when they're not honoring themselves, because self-abandonment is also way too common. We sometimes just ask the other person what they want to do or do what they do out of creating harmony 
And then we really wonder why we're not getting our own needs met. And we have a lot of resentment and unhappiness in our life. Mm. Do you see a lot of women, uh, are we, would you consider us givers? Like we just give so much of ourselves that we forget to give a little bit back to ourselves as well. Yeah. I think women, um, unless they've done active work on this part of themselves, I consider many women to be overgivers. Yeah, I know I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm horrible at it. So that's why I was so excited to have you on the podcast because I say yes to everything and I don't know how to say no. And I just, I think it's really hard. I think we're always told to be polite and to take every opportunity you can, but not all the opportunities are going to be right for you. Exactly. And yeah, and you can't fit everything on your plate at one time. So why do you believe that it's really important for us women to start realizing to put ourselves first and to set these boundaries? Well, for one, it protects your time. For two, it protects your attention. For three, it protects your body. For four, mm. it protects your energy. For five, it saves opportunities for the things that you're actually truly a yes for. And one of the mm. things that I love to um, help my clients discover is what their values truly are, because we actually don't know what we'd be a yes or a no for until we develop our values as, as so far as what our highest priorities are. So that's why we end up spending a lot of time doing things that don't even matter. And we wonder where the day's gone. And we wonder Absolutely. why. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we how do we find figure out what our values are or our highest priorities are and maybe what are uh, things that aren't the biggest priority and that we don't want to spend as much time doing? How do we figure all of that out? What's the stepping stone to get started? That's a great question. So what I ask my clients to do is um, take out a piece of paper mm-hmm. and fold it in half. And then on one side of the paper, you write what I'm available for. And on the other side of the paper, write what I'm not available for. And that's one way of beginning. Another way is to journal on the questions. What are my core values? What am I living for? And what would I die for? So it's deep. I think we often don't spend that time like thinking about those deep questions, but you're right. I mean, there's so many things in my life, you know, little things that I spend way too much time worrying and exhausting myself over. But in the bigger picture of things, I'm like, that's not getting me anywhere else I need to be. That's not contributing to my happiness. That's just, it's just burning me out more. So I guess by setting boundaries, will this should this help minimize burnout and fatigue and focus more on providing ourselves more energy? For sure. Um, perfectionism, self-doubting, self-critical mind talk and imposter syndrome really are um, energetic destructors. They, they really destroy our time. They really um, kill our spirit because they're not productive at all. They're just there to keep you stuck. So when we can remember um, basically to devote 
our resources and our energy back to ourselves where we can really get to the bottom of some of these deeper questions and invest in support through a mentor, through a counselor, through somebody that really is like their job is to hold space for you to discover how to plan out being the best you. Um, Mm. That's what I really feel like is the best direction for women who are really starting to build their lives maybe after university or leaving their parents' house or they're still at their parents' house and they want to get this plan together to move out or they've changed careers recently or they've um, had a death of a partner or separation. Women sometimes forget to have those moments to create a life on their terms. And it's a revolutionary act to do that. So having that support, I think, is crucial. And what is the difference between setting boundaries in a personal sense and a professional sense? I know I've seen you discuss a bit of both sides to this. So could you delve in a little bit more for our listeners? No problems. So if you're having an issue with being the therapist in all of your friend groups and people coming to you with their problems or wanting to dump or vent a lot of their problems, frustrations, or situations onto you, that is a personal boundaries issue. You can tell them that you're available for that kind of emotional release for them, that you are happy to listen to them and offer your time and energy, or you can let them know that you have a different priority. Mm. If you are having clients that are wanting to, let me, let me backtrack, hang on. So if you're working with a client and when they engage you as the person that you're supporting them, right? When they engage you with, with your services, and if you don't have what your services are clearly outlined as in a contract or agreement, then they can keep mm-hmm. asking you for more stuff and you can sometimes feel obligated to give that to them because they're, it's not defined. And mm. if you're an overgiver, that's especially tragic. <laughs> <laughs> so for a professional sense, would you highly recommend making sure that as women in the business world that the contracts that we set up are really well-defined and have key points as to where our work starts and finishes. Oh, of course. Yeah. Having everything outlined as far as what the project is to the rates and how long it will last and what's expected of both parties and how could either party terminate the agreement as well as, um, yeah, basically how, I don't know, like (laughs) I, I actually do hear of a lot of people where their clients either stop paying them or the person did a lot of work for a client and then the client wouldn't pay. So I also request my clients to engage people that are happy to pay in full that want to have an upfront investment and sign into a contract so that both people know what's, what's fairly equal of each. Mm, I would say there's probably a lot of younger women that might not be running their own businesses, but are working for people that are just dumping more and more projects on them and they because they feel young and oh but you should be lucky because you've got this great job in your career and not many people 
that are fresh out of uni get their, you know, dream job in their career. So you just end up having piles and piles of work that burn you out in a professional sense. How can you recommend going about like setting boundaries in that kind of instance? If they keep piling on the work or asking you to come in on your day off, know that you're actually not required to do extra work that's not defined in your role. Most companies have a HR manager that you can talk to if you feel like you're receiving unreasonable work expectations. And a couple times in Australia, I've had to go outside of my um, boss's HR when I used to work for other people and seek the advice or seek the counsel of the ombudsman Mm -hmm. and Fair Work Australia. And did you find that process was, was that an easy process to undertake? Because I feel like that might also be daunting for some, but is it, are they quite supportive and helpful? Yeah, they definitely are. You can call a phone number and they'll ask you a series of questions. And I believe you can even report anonymously. Yeah, I think it's also, I find it incredibly difficult um, to know what I'm worth, to know what I should be asking for, to know what's an appropriate number. Like it's a very hard boundary to set even for that and to put yourself first and be like, I deserve more than what I'm getting paid because, you know, my male counterpart would be getting more. Do you recommend that we just shoot for the stars and see what happens when it comes to discussing remuneration? In discussing remuneration, I believe you should always shoot high and then you can always negotiate lower. So I was usually making 10 to $15 more than my counterparts in different industries because I would ask for it. And mm. a lot of people like to stay comfortable and not stretch themselves in that comfort zone, or they say, I'm not doing it for the money. But if we look historically, women are still earning grossly under the glass ceiling. So I don't see any excuse in 2020 not to ask for more money and even ask for a number, even ask for an amount that a little bit scares you, that pushes your growth edge Mm. because that is how you, that's one way of honoring your time and honoring your energy because you know that you're only like, you're only here for a short time. You might as well conserve your energy so that you can really enjoy it when you're having your time off. And also Mm. how we give to ourselves is through financial resources. So if we're making more money, we can invest in our own self-care. If we're making more money, we can invest in our education. If we're making more money, we can take a weekend off to recharge and renew ourselves. So why wouldn't you want to give the opportunity to yourselves? It's not just about the money. It's actually about the quality of life. Mm. So how can, what would you recommend as a way of like igniting that fire within ourselves to feel like, yes, we can do this. We can go ask those big questions because I think there's so many times where I go, there's the self-doubt, you know, there's that self-doubt that, yes, I should be asking and putting in these boundaries and putting myself first and asking for a better wage or whatever that might be. But then you get that self-doubt like, oh, Georgina, you're asking for too much or Georgina, you you don't deserve it. So just don't worry about it. How do we flip that and go, no, do you know what? I am going to put myself first. I'm going to set these boundaries in place. How do we, yeah, start that fire? That's a great question. Um, 
yeah, I would just be curious about those voices too when you're experiencing them, either the imposter syndrome voices, the self-doubt, or the critical mind. It sometimes isn't even our stuff. Sometimes it could be a parent's stuff or an ancestor's stuff that's still actually tracking around in our DNA and in our system. So completely liberating yourself from that mind chatter that's negative will really it will, it will charge you up in itself because it will give you so much energy because you'll not have to conserve your, you won't be wasting your resources on answering those silly kind of questions. I mean, I do know that it happens to everybody and I still have times where I'm not sure if I can do it, but I'd rather tell myself that I can in my brain and than not because yeah, it just, it makes me feel much more comfortable day to day and and much more relaxed in my body when my body is not at war. But um, what I can say is that, um, yeah, I actually do believe in every woman's moment to start choosing to believe in themselves. So when we begin to have that trust and not only wait until we see or wait until we receive the confirmation for somebody in the form of validation or wait until we see the exact answer that we want. We take the steps to create the action, to create the path. And then the path is outlined in gold for us. And we just have to step on the path effortlessly and gracefully. Mm. We just have to decide that it's ours to claim and that everything else is taken care of. And it doesn't mean that everybody will always say yes to you. They will say no. They will be triggered by your confidence. They will be trying to put you down eventually. But you just don't let that bother you because you keep on going in your own lane and it doesn't even matter what anybody else says or does about it. And if they say no, you can't have this raise, you can seek out a better opportunity, a different job. Maybe they weren't your people to begin with. So if people value you, they should... I mean, you should be remunerated fairly. So I suppose, you know, you want to be in an environment where people think that, you know, you deserve, that you're doing such a good job that you deserve what you're asking for. I'm curious to know how you would suggest ways around the guilt people feel when setting boundaries, because I know that's something I struggle with. I just feel guilty for not saying yes. What tips can you recommend for, you know, getting around that and circumventing that guilt to make it, make us feel okay about setting that boundary? Okay. So instead of feeling guilty, let's look at it a different way. So is there anybody else in your life that you would trust to put you first? Yes. I would hope my boyfriend would put me first. (laughs) Okay. But what about the time, if he ever has the time that he has to choose what he would really rather do instead of be with you? Potentially. Yeah, yeah, okay. What if he left the world one day, Mm. you know, potentially? So can we really rely on anybody else but ourselves to give us what we truly want? No, we can't. Because even in, in the moment that, he's giving you potentially what you want, you would have to first communicate that to him, right? It is interesting. I think it's partners, I guess I understand better. I don't know if other listeners are struggling with, you know, how to not put 
to put themselves first in the relationship because their partner's asking them to give so much? Would you just suggest, you know, that at the end of the day, whether you're with them or not, it's always going to be yourself that is the number one thing? What I think is when you give to yourself, you give to your partnership as well Mm. because your partner is going to benefit from being in a relationship with a better you. Your children are going to benefit from being in a relationship with a better you if you have children. Mm. Your community is going to benefit for you being a better you. I think it's interesting and when you're in your young 20s, I don't know if our listeners will agree or not, but I've found personally that you float between so many groups, you know, you've gone from leaving high school and your high school friends and maybe you're still in touch with them to picking up some university friends on the way to them moving into a career, but you can only give so much to yourself, to them and yourself really. And I find it so hard and just being like, actually, I can't give myself to all of them. How do I not feel guilty about that? Because I feel like I'm being a bad friend, but I'm not. I'm just trying to put myself first. How many of them are reaching out to you? Yeah. Ask yourself that. Some of them do. Yeah, some of them ask don't. yourself that <laughs> and start with the ones that are already investing in you and the rest. Mm. If they decide to invest in you, then it's a two-way street. If they're actually just wondering what they can get from you, then it's not a two-way street. That is the best advice, (laughs) the best advice. So what would you say today is the first thing that all of our listeners should go out and do to practice going on this journey of putting ourselves first and setting boundaries? Is there, you know, three things today that we can practice to start putting these things in place and changing our mindset that, you know, used to be more focused on giving? Definitely. Number one, say no more often than you say yes. Only save the yeses for things that are ice cream standard or better. (laughs) Chalk chip, I hope. Yeah. So when we begin to say no to everyone else and start saying yes to ourselves more, we recover so much time and energy. Step two. Really cultivate a life that is based on your core values and spend a lot of time defining what they are for you. And don't worry, like your wardrobe, they're going to change and they're going to shift. But just keep, keep returning to that idea of what are my core values and how am I going to create a life that reflects them? Step three, invest in great supports. I couldn't have gotten where I am today without investing in myself, investing in my support team, who I consider my psychologist, my massage therapist, my reflexologist. Mm -hmm. If I ever get an Academy Award, I'm going to be thanking those people (laughs) (laughs) and my cats. Anything that makes you feel like an extra special human anytime somebody's holding space for you genuinely is people that you really want to dive deeply with because they will teach you a side of yourself that you would never know otherwise. Mm. Because we sometimes keep these truths from ourselves and we keep ourselves small because we don't dare to challenge ourselves with that growth step. So a mentor and a supporter can really help you 
to challenge yourself in those ways. And learn more. I'm learning so much about myself through, you know, having those kind of mentors in your life. And what do you, what would you say, what would you recommend as being the best way to not worry about the people who will shoot you down for being confident in yourself and to putting yourself first? To all the haters out there, what do you do to, you know, block them out and just keep doing you? First of all, ask yourself why they're actually worth your time. Why they're worth even thinking about. <laughs> yeah, because if you really start to commit to a life where you're giving yourself everything you want and everything you deserve and you're committing to make your dreams and your business and the, cultivate the relationships you want in your life, chances are you're not going to have time to waste on people like that. They are dragging you down because they cannot... Yeah, see that it's possible for them. Absolutely. And before we wrap things up, Sarah, can you recommend any good accounts or resources that we could follow to further educate ourselves around this? Do you have any suggestions in that sphere? Definitely. Um, I would suggest myself. (laughs) Definitely. I would also recommend yourself. I'll be putting Sarah's Instagram handle and website in our show notes. So I would highly suggest that you all go look and look her up and give her a search. There's also another lady who I've actually forgotten her name right now, but um, I feel like she's doing a great job with um, helping women to become more empowered and basically anybody that um that believes in you like keep showing up for them keep asking them what they see in you the good and the bad um Mm -hmm. anybody that's giving to their community more than they're taking away from anybody that's creating change like Jacinda Arden in New Zealand is one of my favorites as well oh tell me about it I could go on for so long about how much I love her but no I agree she's just fantastic in all walks of life Mm. yeah but also like on that note like following like supporting people's work and supporting um, people's ideas that like you're growing in that area rather than you know, all your friends or people that are even below your friends that are giving you these um, lesser valued opinions of yourself, like spend like, I would say, yeah, like 60 to 100% of your time on people that are going where you want to go. Because this is the thing we want to future plan ourselves, we want to make decisions that are good for ourselves six months from now. And so that kind of so unfollow the people on Instagram that aren't giving you anything and aren't adding to your worth and keep following the ones that are. Yeah, because they'll inspire you and you'll get new ideas and new visions from them. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing all your wonderful advice with us today. It's been incredibly fascinating to learn. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Wow. If you enjoyed my chats with Sarah, make sure you go check out her Embodied Worth 13-week program, which will unlock the codes of self-love and worth. What you will receive is 13 weeks of immense support, which will meet you wherever you are on your path of self-love and fulfillment of the soul. Even better, if you mention this podcast, you'll receive up to $100 off towards your enrolment. 
We release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe and tune in next week. Otherwise, come follow us on Instagram at underscore the wow project underscore for more updates. Lastly, a friendly reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a health practitioner first. Thank you guys and have a good week. And I'm on a roll,